Little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first mouse quickly gave up and drowned. The second mouse wouldn't quit. He struggled so hard that eventually he turned that cream into butter and crawled out. Gentlemen, as of this moment, I am that second mouse. <laughs> it's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance. Now let's start the show. Step What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Second Mouse Podcast. I'm here with Q. My name is Tom. Gatto is in prison again. Um... Happy belated Halloween to everybody. It was on Tuesday. Q, have you gone out and got your discount Halloween candy yet? Yeah, I kept going to every door. And um, essentially, if they didn't have the full-size candy bars, I just spat on them and walked away. That's on brand for you. What is – if you were to be giving out candy, what would it be? Uh, I keep it simple, Um, like Twix bars – Snickers, like you got to go with the classics. Like, I if you start handing me fucking like, what are those like little fruit things that they're like little cylinders? Like, what are those called? Like the fruit little flavored, cylinder. little they cylinder. look like little cylinders. Like, yeah. Oh come on, like juju fruit or whatever the fuck they're called. Or oh, like juju beans. Yeah, if you the start hard, getting... like the the hard ones that get stuck in your teeth. Yeah. Oh. yeah. God. If you start handing me one of those, like I'm like I'm gonna egg your house. I'm gonna see what's in the container, like what goes in the bag, pull it up, be like, no, no, we're good. We're fine. <laughs> you need this more than I do. Yeah. <laughs> no, man, hard times out here. You need help holding the dollar or something. <laughs> you know what? Let me give you a Twix bar. You know what? Yeah. It seems like you need it really bad. There you go, my guy. Well, yeah. Halloween's great because it's also like the parental warnings start earlier and earlier every year about checking oh your God. kids candy it's so like stupid. they're putting fentanyl in the snickers bars or the drug dealers are putting drugs in the candy and then giving it out i'm like you know man i don't know a ton of drug dealers but i can imagine that just giving people drugs out for free is kind of counterintuitive to the entire way the operation works that isn't the I mean, whole I've watched thing... I've watched like the wire, so that's the extent of what I know about like <laughs> distribution and a little bit of breaking bad, but I can tell you that giving stuff away for free, it's not like the coffee at the Midas like break shop. Like it's not complimentary. And and isn't the whole point of like being a drug dealer, like the first one's free, but then like they have to know where to get the next fix, right? Like if right. you're just sneaking it in there. And they don't know where they like. It's kind of stupid. It seems more of like a practical joke. And it's like I don't any. I don't think anybody finds that funny. But yeah. yeah so yeah, like I'm not buying hundred dollars worth of product and then just giving it to some random kid. You know. Right. So it's always funny when you see those things happen. But um, thanks again for joining us, everybody. If you're watching the live stream or you're listening on your way to work on your Friday. Do us a favor, stop in the middle of the road and like and subscribe and send it to 10 of your friends or you're going to get Juju Beans for the rest of your Halloween life. Um, We are going to talk a little bit about the NFL 
trade deadline. This can be a quick episode. We got lots to talk about for the Giants and the Commandos, but also just generally what's going on in the NFL. We're going to get into the pit game tonight as well. But we're going to start here with the. Can I can I, can I just no. start with how much I hate Julius Randall? Oh, we're going to get into assholes of the week early then. Is what we're doing. <laughs> so I've been doing I've been doing DraftKings right, like the sports book, and I don't recommend it to anybody because it's frustrating as all hell. Um, I'm coming into the weekend. I was up six hundred dollars just from making bets on NBA. Like can be really, really good making bets. I had a bet. I put $25 down on it. It would have paid about 300 bucks. This is what I needed, Tom. I needed Julius Randle to get 20 and 10 and make two three-pointers. Okay. Eric Gordon, without Devin Booker, has been playing well. 15 points, three assists. I already knew all I needed to do is get Julius Randle. And this is why I think NBA is fixed, honestly. Because I already knew Eric Gordon was going to hit those 15 and three, no problem, right? There was no shot that wasn't going to hit, and it did. Julius Randle hit his three-pointers. He got his rebounds. You want to guess how many points he had? Uh, like five. 19. Mm-hmm. One point away. And Not all of them in like the first quarter too, right? It was like the he had like 16 at the, at the end of – at halftime. Mind you, this is why I think the NBA is fixed. Does Tom Thibodeau ever fucking take out his players, even in a blowout? They were, it was a blowout win. They were up substantial amount. He never takes these guys out. He, he is t- notoriously bad at that. He's Julius like well Randall, known for wearing guys down. Dude, Julius Randle fucking had a basket and he trips and falls. This is why I think it's like it looks so fake and staged. It looks like why I think like the NBA is rigged. And then all of a sudden he comes out of the game with like four or five minutes left because the Knicks were up. Like what does Tom Thibodeau ever fucking pull his starters out? He never does it. Ugh, and like, and then like last night I like figure he, he should have a good game again. And he puts up like six points. Never bet on the Knicks. Never bet on Julius Randall. He will just frustrate the hell out of you. Do you think he ends up getting traded? That would require somebody actually wanting to take him off of our hands, and I don't think so. I look if Carl Anthony Towns. I, I'm not a big Carl Anthony Towns guy either, but if there's some deal that includes Julius Randle and like not too many substantial pieces to get, um, to get him and and just get Julius Randle off this fucking team, I would love it because he's a net negative at this point. I would have rather kept Obi Toppin than him. Yeah, like. Not that Obi Toppin is like an all star or anything. I'm just saying. What did they? Obi Toppin got traded for what? Peanuts. Why? I imagine that he was probably not happy being, you know, ten minutes a game. The Knicks got two second two second round picks out of the deal. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, which is worth fucking absolute jack shit in the NBA. Um, it's weird. He, he, whenever he would play, he, he would really play well. And I mean, look, he's averaging 20 minutes, 22 minutes, eight points, four and a half rebounds. And in, 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 he's in Indy right now. Not, I, you know, he's not, not lighting spectacular the numbers, but yeah, but it's like, it's still just, I don't know, man. It's just weird, weird decision. But, like, I'm just tired of seeing Julius Randle. Like, I, this is who he is. He's he's a sloppy basketball player. 
this is year 10 for him. It's not going to change. So, I mean, at this point, like, he goes 3 of 15 last night, 0 for 6 from three-point, six rebounds, four assists, and a steal. Yeah, I think the best way to describe him is a sloppy basketball player because when he, like, he just dribbles into people. Yeah. Like, dude, you need to have some kind of, like, finesse to get around some guys if you're going to try to play that game. And you're not that guy, pal. And it's... It's frustrating to watch him play. It was great during that playoff run where yeah. the Knicks came back and won that game and they just kept cutting away to Julius Randle. It's like, hey, man, you said you were hurt. Like, we don't know what to tell you. And for him to still be on the team, I'm like, I know he's it's... expensive, but at the same time, you got to find a way to get like unload him quickly. He Especially that night, dude, it was, it was Halloween night. He uh, he scored 19 points. He went five of 14 from the goddamn field. Yeah, five of 14. Scary experience. It's just like again, like I just don't understand. It. He he is um he's in what year two of this contract? So I think next year it's a player option in the fourth year. So it's a three year with a player option at the end of the the for the for the fourth year. So yeah, he doesn't really become movable until next year. And if he becomes and if he continues to be not good, he's not gonna yeah, twenty five, twenty six is that player option, and he'll be making twenty nine milli. <sighs> Man. Yeah, and he's gonna be thirty one at that point. He's gonna take it, dude. I I mean I, I would say he's crazy if he didn't. Yeah. All right, let's stop being depressed and let's get even more depressed here. So let's get into the Giants trade that was made um, right like the Monday of the trade deadline, right? So as the Giants fan, Q, why don't you kick us off and walk us through that? Very surprising um, because, I, you know, I've, I've talked about Dave Gettleman before and uh, multiple times and how much I – fucking hate him and um it's interesting because the, the a lot of people really love that trade a couple years ago the giants the giants gave uh the jets essentially worked out to the 69th overall pick nice um early third round pick for leonard williams in a contract year now mind you leonard williams had zero sacks that year on the jets right he he was playing okay. And it would have been an easy sell to put out the idea of like, why don't you wait? Because it seems like they're desperate. They're not going to keep him. They're not bringing him back next year. Let's wait until free agency. Let's wait until like, we don't have to give up something for him. Let's keep the pick and then go after Leonard Williams in free agency. The giants were a bad team that year. And you're giving up a premium draft pick, an early day two pick right for yep. a guy that now you have to resign. And then Dave Gettleman pretty much was like, Oh, we wanted to get an early start on resigning him for people who didn't realize they ended up franchising him twice and then ended up giving him 20 something million per year. When if they waited until free agency, they could have probably gotten for like 15 mm -hmm. that pick. I, I don't think that pick ended up becoming anything for the jets, but like it could, you never know. So it's like, you don't want to be giving up premium draft picks for nothing, you know? So, uh, 
Joe Shane flipped Leonard Williams uh, the trade deadline. And by the way, Leonard Williams gave a really good shout out to Joe Shane and basically was just like, we love you, but we want to have, give you an opportunity to go play for a winning team. Cause we're, you know, we're obviously not there yet. Um, apparently it was very cordial. Uh, so I'm happy to hear that. And he ends up going to Seattle and they end up getting back a second round pick. I did not nice swap there. I didn't anticipate that at all. I did not anticipate that they'd get a second round pick out of the deal. Um, currently Seattle's picking 25. Um, so based on their record and, and strength of schedule and everything. So it would be a late second rounder, but like, again, for all these years to be able to get him off the books. And then on top of that, get a second round pick. And then I think it's a fifth round pick the following year to get hmm. more on top of what you paid for him originally after him, not really being that substantial, pretty impressive, pretty impressive move by Joe Shane. Um, I'm I'm happy with the deal, but like we'll, we'll get more into trading in a down year uh, soon when we talk about the commanders. But uh, what did, what was your instinct on on that? Um, I mean, I'm I was kind of surprised at it, frankly, that they got that good of a pick um, from that trade, a second rounder. Like, I mean, the lot. season is still relatively young. Things could fall apart in Seattle, and that trade only gets better and better for the Giants. I don't think it's going to happen, though, but still, a second-round pick either. is pretty good. Williams has always been a guy with, like, a ton of potential, right? Like, I remember when he was at USC, and they were like, this guy is going to be dominant, and he went to the Jets, and he was, you know, five pick. He, he was fine. Like, he wasn't, like, world-ending. I think people thought he was going to be, like, another J.J. Watt, and he wasn't. Yeah. Um, that big five tech, right? Who can yeah. Passer. Yeah. And, and guys like that, it's like, if you don't, if you're not like a guy who's going to be able to pressure the quarterback consistently, you're like a, shit, he's man, a big I, run defender. Yeah. And, and you know what? Those are cheap though. Like, yeah. So honestly, I didn't even realize that he went to the giants until 2020. Mm. And I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing here? And again, like, I think he's just been overshadowed because we've talked a lot about Kayvon Thibodeau, Dexter Lawrence, Aziz Ojolari, and even Adoree Jackson, too. And I'm not even a Giants fan. I know those guys. And then there's Leonard Williams, who's like the, you know, the caboose in that conversation. And I think if you're looking at those guys, Williams is expendable. Easy. And you add in like a down year for the Giants. Like, it's another contract you don't have to pay. And you might as well get something for him because they're going to need all of the picks that they can get. It's a great move by them. I, and I think from the Seattle perspective, like if they want to make a run, they still have a ton of Broncos picks left over. So like they can divvy up some and still be in good shape. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, Leonard Williams, I thought he, he had, like Richard Seymour potential, honestly, mm -hmm. like, you know, just like never going to hit like double digit sacks, but like eight sacks a year, but like an elite run defender type. And I mind you, um, you know, the following year, cause he had, he ended up coming to the giants in a lost year. He gets a half a sack the rest of the season. And I was like, what a fucking trade, man. In the season that we were already pretty much out of the playoffs. Like, yeah, what the fuck man. You give up like an early third round pick. And, he comes out on a franchise tag and gets 11 and a half sacks the following year. So now he's got the giants. over. So I want to transition here big to your commandos because, and, and good, good trade. So back, baby. We are so back. 
Well, one good trade, one bad trade. So yeah. um, the good trade was taking advantage of young Dave Gettleman, Ryan Poles, the GM of the Chicago Bears. I don't know what he's doing. Coming off of a bad year last year when he trades what turned into the 32nd overall pick for fucking Chase Claypool, a guy who barely made it a year in Chicago, has a horrible free agency, right? Like every pick, every player that he brought in was just shit. <laughs> they brought in Dante Foreman and they didn't play him for like three games. And, and that was one of the good ones. I was like, oh, two years, four million for a guy who was a borderline thousand yard rusher in, in Carolina and, you know, ran for a good average and, and got, got him on a cheap deal. Like I was honestly like, I was talking about it last year. I was like, let's Saquon walk and then sign Dante Foreman to a cheap deal. And like, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, So Montez Sweat and Chase Young have both been traded. And I, you know, I want to kind of just talk about Ryan Poles first, then we'll get your reaction on that. Montez Sweat goes for a second round pick. And mind you, the Chicago Bears, as of right now, are currently sitting at pick number three. So if the season ended today, that would be pick number 35. Yeah, it's so it's just butted up against the first round. Ryan Poles did it again. And also, by the way, Tyson Badgen is starting a quarterback. Justin Fields back when also want to point out um kyler murray's coming back right so i imagine that the cardinals will win more than just one game going forward and also carolina just coming off of a really good win and i would say it was the best um it's best they've looked all year so I, I mean, like, unless Justin Fields is ready to come back soon, like they look like they're going to be bad and potentially number one pick. So it could end up being number number pick number thirty three for Montez Sweat, who I like, but like just like the Leonard Williams situation again, it's it, fucking time is a circle. Just like the Leonard Williams situation, instead of maybe keeping that pick and trying to go after Montez Sweat in free agency and try and get him for a good deal. They trade that pick and now gave him all the leverage. Mm-hmm. So now, like, okay, you can franchise tag him, great, but then you're still spending twenty something million dollars. You can't move the money around and like keep one year low and maybe add a void year or something like that. It just seems like a really bad trade to me. Yeah, and I think this one is really interesting because it's like it's a big so what, right? Like, yeah, they needed. If anything, they needed help in a couple of areas. They needed help at wide receiver. They needed help at offensive line. And they needed help at every other position. Like You're two and six. Yeah. I mean, there's there's too many issues there on that team. And the guys that they signed, like the, the only good trade that Ryan Poles has made in his tenure there with Chicago is DJ Moore. And, but that's like, like, that's a no-brainer from the sense of, a ninth overall pick, and then the 61st. Oh, actually, it's not a great trade because they just gave up a shit ton of stuff. But all that. Well, they, they have the Carolina pick this year. Yeah, that's true. So, but... it, and which is which is technically the number two pick. So they would have the pick number two and three this year as it stands. So it was a good trade. But then passing on Jalen Carter was just fucking stupid. Like, yeah. I, you know. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of teams that could have, like, 
I think he was kind of just damaged goods coming out of the draft, and the the Eagles were like, "We have enough Georgia guys on this team; we can figure it out." <laughs> God. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I don't understand the angle from that perspective. And the other important piece is there is no guarantee that Montez Sweat will be on this team, be on the Bears, resign with them next year, and that was the same. And so we're back in the same position, just on the other end, other side of the ball, where you've traded for a guy who with Claypool was intentionally traded away because he just didn't work. And if he didn't, they were going to cut him. And now Montez Sweat can easily go and find a competitive team and get paid all in the same. I think from a, from a commando's perspective, I understand this sweat trade. It makes sense. Like I really like him. I mean, he's actually the guy that I said they should resign over chase young at the start of the season. I think we had talked about it on here too. Hmm. Wet is a really good player, but you know where his ceiling is. And a good comp for him is probably like a Jerry Hughes or like if we're going way back, like a Sean Phillips. That's a good that's a good comparison. So he's a guy who's like he's good for eight, nine, maybe ten sacks a year, but he's not a dominant player like a um like a Terrell Suggs or somebody like that. He's not gonna like he's not gonna be a game breaker like that the commanders could bring him back at the end of this year because they have $90 million in cap space hmm. and they're going to have a new own. They have a new owner. They're going to have a new coach, a new defensive coach as well. There's a lot to be optimistic about coming back to that team. And for all intents and purposes, I think that he was treated pretty well here and he was pretty well respected. So this one makes sense to me is that you can unload this guy, get a high draft pick, not a first rounder, but, pretty dang close and Washington needs, you know, they had their full complement of draft picks, but having another one that high is perfect for them. Mm. The one that I don't necessarily understand. And you, I think you and I have kind of shared conversations about this one is the chase young trade. And yeah, this one is weird in the sense that, so to, to lay the groundwork here, Chase Young was traded to the 49ers for a third round pick, which is in all likelihood going to be a pick in the high 80s. So yeah. it's going to be a late third round pick. I, I, I guess they had made that conclusion that they needed to get rid of him to just start fresh, start over, because they didn't want to invest more money into that defensive front, which makes sense. But. You give the Niners a third round pick when in reality, had they just held on to him and tried to resign him in free agency and were not able to do it, they would have got a comp third round pick anyway. So now what you've done is you get a third or third rounder, which is exactly what they got for Trent Williams back in the day too. Worst, worst trade might be worst trade in history. Honestly. Yeah, I'd agree. Thanks Dan. Um, <laughs> But if he leaves the 49ers, they get that pick back. Not from Washington, but it's a compensatory pick. Right. Um, well, by the way, from the 49ers is going to be the tail end of the third round. Right. With like, compensatory I, picks. Might be five or ten spots different. Right. So that one doesn't make sense. And here's the kind of sketchy part about it, too. And I don't know if you had heard this either, but right after that trade took place, there was starting to be like a lot of rumblings about like – how 
Chase Young had started to develop some really bad habits. He wasn't as like physical as he should have been. He was freelancing a lot of plays and he wasn't necessarily doing what the coaches were doing. And I, I'm going to speculate here. And we do, we see this a lot when it comes to like coaches that get fired or politicians or even players that get traded away. It's like, I think Washington knows they got hosed on this trade. So they needed to create this narrative of like addition by subtraction. And we're actually better off without him. When in reality, it's like, I think you realize that you did not get your full value there. And they were also, you know, there were some concerns about Chase Young's knee. And it's like, yeah, but he's got five sacks. Like, I, I think he's pretty good. So, I don't like to see that kind of bullshit happening, particularly around a player who they were saying could be a team captain for years to come during his rookie year. And it just seems really fucking shady from them that they would do something like that, trade a guy away, not get their value, and then try to like pump themselves up and say like, we actually are better off without him. I don't know. It just feels weird and icky and very on brand for old commanders with Dan Snyder, but I thought we were under a new era here. This, this is puzzling to me because I I don't understand it because I mean, look from the 49ers perspective, this is a no fucking brainer. They're going to get probably two third round picks this year because of Rand Carthen becoming the, that was weird. Rand Carthen becoming the uh, GM of the Titans, and then also um, D'Amico Ryan's becoming the head coach of the, of the Titans. Uh, yeah. uh, Texans, excuse me. So the way I look at it is like they pretty much are like, we already are playing with house money here. If we can get Chase Young for a third-round pick, great job by San Francisco. But yeah, if Chase, if Chase Young leaves in free agency, then ultimately they're going to walk away with a third-round compensatory pick next year if he signs for a decent-sized contract. So, mm-hmm. like, kind of a win-win for San Francisco. But what if you're if you're Washington, why not wait? I, that's until, the thing is I don't get it. Like, because you could just franchise him at the end of the year, and then trade him for maybe a second or maybe a first round pick. You know, in, in the future, like, who knows if he ends up having 12, 13 sacks, Tom. Maybe you want to keep him, right? Because, like, I mean, why trade both pass rushers? That's what I don't get. Is like, like now, by the way, this edge class coming up is not reported to be very good. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why wouldn't you want to keep at least one of them? And like Chase Young, just like maybe, like again, if he goes out there and he finishes the season with twelve or thirteen sacks, if he hits double digits franchise them and if there's a trade to be made for a team you make it but like giving up a third round pick you just gave them away for pretty much nothing yeah uh in the franchise tag for linebackers which is the position he'd probably be like labeled at yeah 17 4 which is a discount comparably leonard williams is getting 23 right so again it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense um and i think they probably could have just held on to him the other piece that like I want to get your opinion on is that idea that he's like undisciplined and like he's freelancing. What do you think about that? I think it's exactly what you said. 
I think it's, I think they are obviously, they felt, they're feeling the heat of this was a bad trade, right? I think everyone kind of looked at the Montez Sweat trade and were like, fucking bears, idiots. That one made sense to everybody. Yeah, everyone was like, Montez Sweat, come on. Like, he's a good player, but like. Second rounder though? Second, borderline one. Yeah. A borderline one for a guy who's good, not great, right? Like, I think we all kind of look at him. He's like, he's good. He's not yeah. great. Um, I think you can find another Montez Sweat down the road somewhere. You and like, but whatever. And obviously, because you already have money uh, in Jonathan Allen, you already have money in Deron Payne, and those are not really movable at the yet. I think there was an idea that you had a pick between Chase Young or them. And that's why I, when I saw that Montez Sweat deal, I'm like, oh, they chose Chase Young. I'm like, wow, yeah. okay. And then all of a sudden they trade him. I'm like, what are you doing? And they give him to San Francisco. Like, you couldn't even find a team maybe like in the mid-second or mid-third round to give up a pick. And they're going to play it, them week 17 too. It it was it was a bad move. It was a really bad move. John Lynch, by the way, continues to be one of the better GMs in the league. Mm-hmm. Now you have Eric Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, Chase Young, like I mean, it, it just, and then Hargrave too. I forgot they got Hargrave from uh, from Philly last year. I mean, just oh my god, like murderous row going against that that yeah. defense. So their defense is not the problem anymore. <laughs> no, no. Um, oh my god. I when I heard the the freelancing thing, my my blood started to boil a little bit because. There's been four years of Jack Del Rio defense and Ron Rivera defensive mentality. They play very conservative, very risk averse defense. And this team, the reason why they drafted Emmanuel Forbes was like, we need to create turnovers on this team. And if I'm Chase Young, or if I'm a fan or a coach, I am not upset that Chase Young is freelancing a little bit to try and make a play. I don't think that he is the reason why they have the 31st ranked defense. I think that's more of a coaching problem. I don't think that's a him problem. And I think he got word that he was probably going to be traded. And there was also some talk to like, oh, well, he didn't put in his best effort against Philadelphia. It's like, because you've been talking about him getting traded for the last two weeks. And I think he knew, like, the last thing I need to have happen is I get hurt again and I kill my trade value here. I, I think that's the thing, right, is that there there is a substantial, like, ripple effect. Like, these people are human beings at the end of the day, yeah. right? Like, we think of them as, like, machines, right, because of fantasy and everything. But they're not. They're people they're bound to feel a certain way when they get talked about as like property, right? <laughs> you know, like, you know, trading my rights away to my life. I ha- Now I have to worry about going to get another house, another place to live where my kids are going to go to school. So like performance dipping because you don't know where you're going to end up in a week or two is normal. Mm-hmm. And like, we're talking about this and like, and like, like the commander, like, again, this is why, man, like, I, I'm not saying you should be concerned as a commander's fan, but there is something to be said about like, it. it's kind of shades of Dan Snyder all over again, where it's like bad trade is made and then blame the player, blame the player. Oh, it's his fault. He, he slacked off. He wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. And it just feels like, oh man, are we doing this again? Like, yeah, 
anonymous report of Chase Young. Watch, yeah, go watch Chase Young first game this week. This week, put like whenever. Well, no, they're on bye week this week, but you know, first week he's back, put up like five sacks. You know, in, in one game. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'm not one of these people that's jammed up about you know him getting traded. I think that makes sense. Like the team's not really going to going to go anywhere. It's going to be a whole new reboot starting next off or this off season. I'm not naive to the fact that teams are trying to get as much value as possible, but I think they could have gotten some value if they held on to him and they could franchise him because the team will be better next year. You 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 don't walk into an off season with 90 million and not spend it. So, you'd hope yeah, one would hope, but I I hope this is not the direction that they move forward in, but I will say that their decisions to trade those two guys were analytic-driven of what their value could be and what they could get back, which is refreshing because they have not been an analytics-based team in a long time, and they just hired a senior VP to do that, so... Yeah. I'm excited for that side of the team to really get built out more than what it's been, but mm. all the same, I wish both those guys the best of luck. Like they're listening to this. They're huge fans of the show, but I mean, I, it's kind of Jover for Washington at this point. Casey two Hill is good. Andre St. Joe on or Andre Jones, senior or junior Andre Smith, junior is those are the two guys that are going to be replacing them. Two Hills got four sacks. Um, Smith has a couple as well. So they're not losing a ton from the production department, but they're just different players. Apparently, they, the commanders were asking a second round pick for Jacoby Brissett, which I found to be very interesting. I mean, desperate times, man. The Vikings need a quarterback. I want to talk about that because they went out and got Josh Dobbs because obviously Murray's coming back, so uh, they 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 don't have as much of a need for Dobbs. I think they benched him anyway. Um, I think yeah, they're they going to place um, Clayton Tune. Yep. Um, so I, I think I think Murray's going to be back this week anyway, so it doesn't matter. But uh, I'm glad Dobbs ended up in Minnesota. Brutal for fucking Kirk Cousins, man. I in mean, a contract year too, man. 35 years old in a contract year. He had 18 touchdowns so far. He was on pace for what? Like 36 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Arguably might be the best play of his career. 69.5% completion percentage. Nice. Um, just having a great year. And then now without Jefferson too, it's just a brutal blow for that team. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Under, I don't know if I get going for, um, Josh Dobbs, though, because like at this point, where is Minnesota right now? Uh, they are four and four, second in the NFC North. Hmm. I mean, they're still in play for a wild card spot, though. They're not gonna be. I don't. But know. do you feel? Do you feel like that's gonna like happen with? No, I feel like they're they've missed too many pieces at this point. But the reality is, though is they needed a quarterback anyway because Jaron Hall is the only guy that they have, and he's probably going to start this next game. I, Nick I, Mullins I was... on the IR, Kirk Cousins on the IR. This was more of like, hey, we just need a body behind this guy. I did I did like Jaron Hall coming out. So, um, 
it's, I'll, I'll be interested. It's it's been kind of I hope I hope he plays a little bit just to be able to see if uh, how you know how he is. But I imagine I imagine Jobs is going to probably take over. They're going to want a steady hand at the wheel for that. That's crazy though. Like Kirk, like Kirk Cousins to see him like non-contact like that. It's just like man, a year that he's having is crazy. He was going to throw for a sh- like a touch under five thousand yards if he continued on that same trajectory. Sad for him, though, man. Like, I know we we goof around and we talk a lot of shit about Kirk Cousins, but like, he's good. If there's, he's a he's a good player. Um, he has his great moments, and yeah. he's not like a dick either. No, I, I like Kirk Cousins. I, I think people give him a lot of shit, but like, he's been steady. Like, and especially from a fantasy perspective, like everyone like talks about like how unsexy he is as a fantasy quarterback but like every year he's like top 10 in fantasy I didn't, points i didn't ha- not have i did not have a quarterback on my team that worked out last year and somebody dropped him mm. and i picked him up and it wasn't like spectacular it was like 17 points a week but it was better than any of the the production that i was getting from other guys as well so i'd, I'd actually just traded him um in a league wow Wow. Yeah. It was the league. It was the league that I, it was with Mario um, in one of my leagues. So if Mario's listening, I'm sorry, man. Um, I, cause I had picked up Kyler Murray and put him in my IR spot. So I was like, kind of like sitting by, by the way, this is the league. I also lost Richardson in. I, I was very heavy in Anthony Richardson this year. So I had Kirk Cousins and Anthony Richardson. I'm like, I'm like, I'm fucking balling in the beginning of the year. Cause I'm like, I got Richardson and Kirk Cousins. I'm like, I'm fucking good, man. Like the worst part was like, man, which one is going to score more points this week? Um, so I lost Richardson, and then I really didn't have a backup, so I was able to get Kyler Murray like a week ago, put him in my IR spot, just let him chill there until he's ready to come back. And um, I made a trade with Mario for Stephon Diggs, and he wanted Kirk Cousins back, but he gave me Dak Prescott. Prescott, who's coming off of a fucking killer week. And he's got Philly this week, so he should put up points. But yeah, I'm sorry, Mario. I feel bad, man. That like again, like I that's never how I want trades to work out. And I don't ever want a, a player to get hurt. Um, but like, yeah, I would have I that would have devastated my team though, because I would be really like banking on fucking Kyler Murray to come back, which like you know, it, it could be could be good, but like who knows, you know? I mean this was around the same. Was this around the same time that um, Deshaun Watson came back last year too? Yes, it was around. I, th- I think Deshaun Watson got like six or seven games in, so it would be right around the same time. Yeah. So, I mean, I I would not anticipate a ton from Kyler Murray for like at least yeah. the first three weeks. Because he's, he's coming back from a major injury, and the game takes a little while to speed up and what have you but i mean life comes at you fast in fantasy i guess yeah and uh you know that's that's the crazy thing is that like you know so a lot of times i usually end up on the other side of that type of trade usually the guys i end up going up go get uh are the ones that usually get hurt the first week so it's uh it's interesting, but yeah, like Dak Prescott for me was like a guy that I saw as a pretty big buy because you know he was going through his bye week already. But then you looked at the matchups, and I was like, the Rams, Eagles, Giants, Panthers, Commanders, Seahawks, Philly again, 
Buffalo, Miami, Detroit. There's really not a bad matchup on any of those. Mm-hmm. So um, if you are looking for a quarterback in your league, like Dak Prescott's not a bad guy to target right now. Yeah. But outside of that, I don't think there are any trades of note. Donovan Peoples-Jones got traded. Cool. Who cares? Yeah. Contavious um, Street. Okay. A big name that didn't get traded, though, Devontae Adams. And which ultimately led to Josh McDaniels uh, being relieved of his duties. Dave Ziegler, GM, was also fired as well. Good, good riddance. I think it's a year too late. I would agree. (laughs) Like, like I, I honestly like. I think that this was like he overstayed his welcome by over a year. And um, Devontae Adams actually uh, spoke on it. He was not happy with the recent direction. And apparently he kind of endorsed the firing. He said, quote, at this point, don't get it confused. It's not a celebration that we have a new coach and changes and changes were made. Obviously, I think that it was one it was time one way or the other. It was time for sort of a change, just bringing a little juice and revitalize the team a little bit. I agree with him. I think this was a good time to do it on the bye week. And I'm fucking psyched that Antonio fucking Pierce Giants legend will be taking over as interim head coach. I'm super excited for him. Uh, first game will be against the Giants. Ooh, love that so for you. I expect yeah. the Raiders will win by 20. I feel like this is a, um, I feel like we had talked about this in the off season or like right at the end of last season that it's not going to end well for the the Vegas gang. Dave no. Ziegler, another New England guy, showing his whole ass again. Like, are we ever going to get to the point where we stop hiring general managers and front office people and coordinators from the Patriots and they just completely melt down anywhere they go? Are we are we just going to be on that narcotic forever? I, I I think the Belichick I think Belichick eventually retiring will stop that because like especially over the last few years there's really been nothing to celebrate in New England. Um but McDaniels, I think this is probably his last step because also once Belichick retires, he doesn't have a landing spot because he can go back to New England mm-hmm. now, but he doesn't have a landing spot, and I don't think anybody's gonna want him. So he's gonna probably I imagine McDaniels will probably end up in college probably next year. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know, so. man, like all of his stops have been bad. Yeah. I think, I think he's a, he's a college coach. I think he's going to be a college coach. It makes, it makes sense for him uh, to be, to be there. Um, but it's like, it's just, he, he was already like working against, he was already kind of against it. Right. Because like everyone kind of didn't like the antics about him with, uh, in uh with Indianapolis and everything like that. So there was already kind of like some people who were kind of against him. Uh this is just finally kind of putting the, the little cherry on top that like he's he's done. He, he's he's yeah. done for. Like and again, I I have to under I have to try and think what is your rationale now for trading Derek Carr, right? And not making an aggressive move. They were picking, like, what, seven this year? Not making a move for, like, Richardson or Stroud or, you know, one of these guys. They gave Jimmy Garoppolo a shit ton of money. 
fucking Jimmy fucking Garoppolo, a guy who has not looked good in a Kyle Shanahan offense the last few years. Like Kyle Shanahan can make people at quarterback look better, right? Mm-hmm. I, I would say Brock Purdy. Good you put example. him on any other team, he's a good quarterback, but he's not like unbelievable, right? So like now we're looking at this and like there was nothing to like about Garoppolo. Mm-mm. And it's just it's just silly. You guys deserve to get fired doing this shit. Yeah, I mean 2032 is a head coach in the NFL. Um and wasn't weren't the Raiders a playoff team before he took over? They I don't know if they were a playoff team. I can't they remember. They were close, though. But they had uh, Rich Basaccia, the special teams coach, had taken over for whoever else got fired. Goddamn Raiders. John Gruden. Keep. John Gruden. And he kind of revitalized the team. And I was like, they might as well just fucking keep it rolling with him. Yeah. Because they looked good. And then they go out and get McDaniels. And I was like, it's over. It's Jover. Like, like th- this is any good. And also any goodwill you had is gone that like positive energy it's gone because mm-hmm. like oh god he's such a he's such a prick like he seems like such a prick yeah and... the visor thing is yeah. <laughs> doesn't do it for me i'm sorry you can't wear a visor and be somebody that i can trust again he just seems like kind of a scummy dude and uh and it like it doesn't seem like he has the trust of any of the people on his team so uh, you know that's that's just where I think they're at at the at the moment. So um, it's just not good, man. It's just not. It's the, the vibes are gross right now. Yeah, I'd be curious to see who they're able to go after because I mean that team is kind of stripped of all their talent at this point outside of Devonte Adams. Yeah, I mean they can try to draft a quarterback, but. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, they—you know—I I think they would need to get somebody at quarterback that's like, you know, like a really good young quarterback. But like, I, the problem is, I don't think it like masks the problems. You know, like it's like, like if they feel like the Knicks, right? Like to where like you could put Hall of Fame Tom Brady in his prime with the Raiders and like put Jerry Rice in his prime next to him and they'd still go fucking three and 13. It's just, the, it's just the Raider way at this point. They can't, they need to get out of their own way first. So, yeah, I'd agree. So going back to what you're saying too, about like having to st- start the rebuild, Arizona, mm-hmm. Carolina, Chicago, Giants, Patriots, Green Bay, Indy, Vegas. That's the draft order as it stands right now. And one could make the argument the big three quarterbacks are Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, right? Fair? Uh, I I would say that's fair. I don't think those three guys make it past seven. I actually don't don't think Jaden Daniels is getting a ton of buzz right now, but I think if he beats Alabama this week, uh, that will do it. I think Penix is probably the third guy right now. Like I'm talking about draft community. I'm not, I'm sure. not talking about me. Um, and then it's like McCarthy and Shadé Sanders. <laughs> not what was anymore. that? Not, not anymore. anymore. What do you mean? The, uh, the Sanders. Well, Shador not playing well. That team not playing well. Yeah. He'll probably stay. The Michigan shit, I think, will follow McCarthy. I don't know. 
I don't know. Um, it it could. It's gonna it's gonna cause more doubters because of how his year has gone, um, how good he's been this year, and like people, it's a substantial jump in a lot of statistics. So I think some people are gonna be like, you know, and it, it's a not his fa- it's not his fault. But I, I think also we're gonna have to see how the rest of the year goes because now that they have the spotlight on them, uh, if he continues to play as well as he's been playing, then I think that maybe makes it easier for him. Um, oh, I forgot about Bo Nix as well. Um, Bo Nix is uh, probably, I think, a first-round pick at this point. I think he'll be a late pick, late first-round pick. Yeah, and then there's Quinn Ewers uh, as well um, from Texas, who's been playing pretty well. Um, I want to point out the coolest name um, of guy I've seen so far. Uh, well, there's two really cool names. Um a cornerback from Alabama is named Kool-Aid McKinstry. Yep. Fucking awesome name. And then the best name is a Penn State edge rusher named Chop Robinson. How fucking cool is that name? He'd do very well with the Washington Commandos. He would uh I think he would actually be a good fit for you guys. Hmm. Yeah, those names are badass, especially Kool Aid McHistory. That's that's also that's fucking but, awesome. But Alabama has had guys with funny, with fucking awesome names. Kool Aid McHistory. Yeah, Ha Ha Clinton Dix was back in the day. Yeah, yep. loved Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Um, that uh, just such a fucking sick name, man. Even like even like Michael Penix, like it's just like these cool are the names in like. The creative player of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you're 10 years into your franchise and the computer is like the AI is just scrambling around on like a desk full of papers. Like, I need to put together a name. <laughs> Michael Penix. All right. Send it to him. Cool. Cool. Love it. Kool-Aid McKinstry. Sure. Never a doubt. Never a doubt. <laughs> Thank God. God, man. That's oh. awesome. What a fucking cool name but yeah have you been following the michigan stuff at all a little bit um if for anybody who's not if you want to kind of speak on it for a little bit yeah so there is a staffer at michigan who has been documented going to other big 10 teams and stealing their signs and then there is video documentation of him like sharing that information with Jesse Minter, who is the defensive coordinator for Michigan. They've they've got text messages, exchanges with him basically selling signs to other player or other people. Um, there was an image of him in sunglasses on the sidelines of the Central Michigan game. <laughs> so stupid. It's a fucking banana. <laughs> and didn't he buy the tickets in his own fucking name too? He's Venmoing people them for him oh too. Like God, there's a, a huge fucking paper trail. And there was apparently there was a Big Ten coaches call where they were furious that nobody in the Big Ten conference had come down on Michigan. And if they've been doing this for years, which is what it's being reported, like Jim Harbaugh had already been suspended for four games to start this year. And now with this over his head, there is language in like the adjudication process in the big 10, that if you are the head coach, it doesn't mean, and you didn't know about it. It doesn't mean that you're not responsible for it. 
Hmm. So I could very easily see him leave after this season and go back to the NFL and hide out there. It's just, it's just, man, it, it, the vibes are disgusting in Michigan right now. Um, it's just so fucking, it's just so typical of them though. Like, like, and like, you know, he's basically talked about this being his dream job in Michigan Mm-hmm. And like for him to run back to the NFL would be so fucking funny just because he does. Yeah. He doesn't want to, he wants to escape the sanctions and everything like that. It's just like, ugh, what a piece of shit. Yeah. And apparently like, there is another, there's another guy who is on their staff who's being investigated for like something else as well that I'm not sure about, but it's, um, it's not looking good for them as a whole. Um, Connor Stallions, a Michigan staffer, emerged at the center of the investigation. Stallions reportedly purchased tickets for more than 35 games in 17 stadiums over the course of the last three seasons. He has been suspended with pay, with pay, by Michigan while the investigation is ongoing. I mean, it's bad. This could be like death penalty territory. I, I don't think they'll ever give the death penalty again after SMU, but... Um, by the way, Connor Stallions, awesome name too. Yeah, definitely create a coach. <laughs> Hall of Fame head coach, Connor Stallions. Um, just... Jim Harbaugh, man, really, 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 uh, he, he, I just like, at Big this time point, piece of shit. I'm going to say it. Yeah. And also, I, I also wonder, um, I also do wonder is like, are people going to be kind of scared off by this? Because also like he has not like, I think everyone kind of anticipated that a guy who coached in the Super Bowl should be able to win a national title by now. Mm-hmm. And they haven't done it. I know Michigan's supposed to be good this year and everything, but like, I think there's a general feeling of like, our teams are going to willing to stick their necks out for this guy because you know, he's not going to just come to a team and not make $10 million a year. Like this could be like a John Gruden situation all over again, where it's like you only get one or two years, and then some kind of controversy is going to bring him down. So I don't know. He he might hit, he might be forced into retirement at this point because I don't know if anybody's going to stick their neck out for him. Yeah, I mean, and he just, I think he, the, and like when he left San Francisco to go to Michigan. It was also a very sketchy move as well, too, because I think he saw that that team had their like they he saw the ceiling for that team. And he's like, I got to get the fuck out of here. And nobody wants that. Like you hire a coach to to manage the team in good or in bad. And for him to do something like that is um, is is not ideal. There is this tweet from Pete Thamel. Um, that I was referring to on a big 10 coaches call on Thursday, a vast majority of league coaches encouraged commissioner Tony Petiti to punish Michigan amid the NCAA science stealing investigation. Collectively, the coaches want the big 10 to act. So I think they're all pissed now. I would hope so because yeah. like, I mean, like, and again, like there, there are like, there are certainly things that um, I think you can, like, people kind of just expect to happen. 
like cheating. Like everybody cheats, right? Recruitment violation you, stuff that happens. Yeah, yeah. No one cares about that. But when you have a staffer literally going and like Central Michigan, like are is Michigan really worried about Central Michigan that they have to like cheat? It's like it, it's just so blatant. It is bordering on death penalty, though. Mm-hmm. I, I do agree with you. I don't think anybody will do it after the SMU thing, but like it is bordering on it because it's like this is like so. I think that was the the difference of why SMU got the death penalty was because everybody was everybody was paying players at that point, but they went too far, right? And it's like you got to know when to reel it in a little bit, and you got to know when to like stop. And like they warn you, like they'll give you a million fucking warnings and they'll tell you, like, hey, cut it out. Like you're doing too much, right? And it seems like this is going on with Michigan now. It's like they're almost emboldened by everyone saying, stop, you know? It's like they, they're not listening, they're only going further. And it's I'm telling you, it's gonna be the thing that ultimately bites them in the ass. And like I, but I, I just hate it because ultimately the kids are going to the, the guys who went there are going to be the ones that suffer for this, not fucking Jim, Jim Harbaugh. It's going to be it's going to be the kids who signed up for this. Yeah. It's a majority of those guys are not going to play in the league either. No. Nope. And they're going to have their names associated with it, too. They forever. They will be stuck with it forever. Yep. So um, we were going to talk about keeping this a short show. So yeah. you, yep. if you're good, let's move to assholes and picks of the week. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to abstain from assholes. Uh, I just want to say for Matthew Perry, Matthew Perry died um, really fucking sad. So I'm going to make him hero of the week um, guy who was very honest about his addiction problem. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that's really important to have people out there because I think a lot of times the addiction stuff can be, something that people hide and like don't want to talk about ever. And it it's helpful to people who are already suffering to have someone out there kind of like, especially someone famous to be able to like say the problems that they're having. So he was always a very big advocate, very, very open and honest about his addiction issues. So very sad to see him uh, pass away. So Matthew yeah. Perry. That was, um, that was hard to see too, because I think he's, he was getting to that like second phase of his career where you're starting to see him again. Yeah. It's like he that. disappeared for a while. Yep. Yeah. So nice. Of you to, yeah. Nice of you to make him the hero of the week, but I'm going to be a piece of shit. Do it. I got two after <laughs> week and they're oh, both, and, and they're both college football related. So uh, Dabo Sweeney went off on a fan on the radio the other day, the fan, fair to question like hey man you're making 11 and a half million dollars a year like why does this team suck and Dabo went bananas like it went from beyond from like hey we've been really really good for a long time like these kinds of things happen down to like his faith down to like him never quitting down to him having like basically like pulling everything off of the vending machine of shit talk that you can find. And it's just, it made him look so small. And I think it gave me again, an appreciation for Nick Saban and what he's had to go through as the head coach at Alabama, where like prior to Debo Sweeney, Clemson was an afterthought for a very long time. They would get a bunch of players drafted periodically, but they were never a team that was like, they won a championship in the 90s, but 
they were never somebody that anybody really feared. And when Dabo got there, it didn't look great at the start, but then they got very, very good. They won two championships. They had like four 12 win seasons in a row or something like that. They won 11 games last year. Definitely a good team and a good coach, but he's just like a cringy fucking guy. And when he said that they have their own NIL at Clemson, um, it's the, the program is in God's name, image and likeness. I was like, you are a fucking nerd. But him losing his shit on a fan again, just makes me like Nick Saban even more because the fans in Alabama are bananas compared to Clemson. Right. And they've won a lot more than Clemson has. And Saban is in his 70s still doing this too. Dabo's when he makes $10.9 million a year. Yeah. And he'll he'll make more if they get to like, if they get to a bowl game, if they win a certain amount of games, if they get into the playoffs, they win a championship. Like the incentive structure is through the roof. I mean, I don't think I'm out of line saying that he probably is one of the highest paid employees in South Carolina. Is he he is probably the highest paid employee in South Carolina. I can't imagine anybody else making that money, that kind of money. That's fucking crazy. Shane Beamer is not there. Nobody from like basketball programs are not. So. Dabo Sweeney is my one asshole of the week. The second asshole of the week that I have is actually related to the Michigan sign-stealing scandal, and it's Charles Woodson. So he was on a podcast where Ryan Clark, who is a fantastic controversy creator now. I liked him like 10 years ago. Yeah. He's kind of meh now. But they asked Charles Woodson, who's a Michigan alum, like, what about the sign-stealing like thing that's going on. And Woodson was like, all of this is coming out because we're good. And they're trying to pull you down at any time. It's like, you are a college football analyst and you are going to take that approach just because you went to school at that place. It was just a completely embarrassing take by him, completely devoid of any truth. And I know that allegiances in college football are a big thing. I get yeah. that, particularly for a guy who won a Heisman Trophy there and is a yeah. legend there. But, man, you look fucking stupid. You do look stupid. And Desmond Howard did almost the exact same thing when he was predicting who was going to be in the, the the college football playoff. He did, He left Ohio State out, kept Michigan in. I'm like, my man, like, log off. Like, you're, you're, <laughs> you, your brain is cooked, man. You are out of it. It's just crazy. It's a it's a crazy thing to see. Um, yeah, I mean, and listen, I get it. We all have our biases, right? Like, you know, for, especially for teams that we we like or, or players that we like or whatever. But and that's fine. But like, the biggest problem is you can't shield your eyes away when your team does something wrong, right? Like you can't like like listen. No one can look at the Connor Stallion thing objectively, right? And say no problem with it right and even if you say like oh every team does it right well be fucking better at it right yeah. like if every team is doing They're it which i have it. no doubt a lot of teams are probably doing it be fucking better at it like it's pathetic that like this guy like got caught on, like on camera multiple times 
like literally just like sneaking onto the fucking sidelines when you work for Michigan. Like you know better, man. Yeah. So it's it's just silly. It's just silly. And like, yeah, I do I like Charles Woodson too. So like it's it's sad to see. And I and I get it. Yeah, he did win a Heisman there. I'm sure the feelings and the vibes are different, but like at this point, you no longer are a Michigan fan. You are a sports analyst who played yep. at Michigan. So, like, you need to be able to drop that bias and be able to, uh, you know, give, like, an objective opinion. So, yeah, it's just cringy. Like, it is. Oh, very cringy. They're, they're trying to bring us down. Like, my man, you're breaking the rules. Like, it's it's very much like, oh, I got elected and now they're investigating me. I did everything in writing. They indicted me. <laughs> did everything right. They indicted me. It, yeah. I, I saw that clip today on Twitter, now known as X, and I was like, "I don't call it that." Well, that's why I started with Twitter. Um, <laughs> I saw that, and I was like, "That's a very like Trump gas lady thing to do with a smile on your face." And Channing Crowder and Fred Taylor are just like nodding their heads, like, "Thanks for contributing, guys." You all can log off too. <laughs> Fucking yeah, because like it's Charles Woodson. You don't want to tell Charles Woodson something but like you know like fucking show some balls man like not gonna get any pushback on this nothing yeah like none like not a fucking even a little bit like it's just it's crazy to me yeah all right picks of the week you're up oh i'm so fucking excited um next friday the killer comes to netflix it's the new david fincher movie um i've only seen the trailer i don't know i i the only thing i know is that like michael fassbender is a uh hitman essentially it looks like a ty- it looks like a david fincher movie currently sitting at 155 reviews on rotten tomatoes at 88 percent cinema people um i think it's gonna be a good one i'm really excited to see it i want to see it in the theater i may still go to the theater even with it being on netflix um, but I, I've been waiting for another Fincher movie for a while. One of my favorite, if not my favorite director, um, and Fassbender, who's been on a really bad tear of movies lately. Um, I think this is going to be the thing that ultimately kind of gets him back into the, uh, you know, back into the sphere. So I'm have you seen the, um, the, the film poster for it? Yes, I have. It yeah. looks awesome, dude. It does. It it looks very noirish. Um, the trailer itself was very cool because he's just pretty much just like kind of talking to himself, very controlled. You can see his like he's controlling his blood pressure, and it's like it just it it just seems like a really like fucking sick ass movie. So I'm like, again, it's Fincher. I love Fincher, so I'm I'm in. Yeah, I think this one should be good. I'm excited for it. Um, I might be like you and I might try to go see it in the theater. I've started to go back to the movie theater now and I think I'm ready to love again. So <laughs> it just seems like a movie I would want to see on like a big screen rather than sitting, you know, yeah, I feel like watching that's, that's the kind of like respect you have to give to a David Fincher yeah. type of director where oh, great. it doesn't strike me as like some of that cornball shit that Netflix or Amazon will put out where it's like, yeah. Okay, there's clearly there were corners that were cut here. Yeah, it's but, like I don't need I don't need to see this in the theater, right? Like I don't yeah. need to. But like this this one feels like again, like I I love his like there's there hasn't been a movie other than Alien Three, which he disavows at this point. 
um, that I've seen that I don't like from Fincher. Uh, so at this point, this and this this is very much up my alley because it's I, I I appreciate when a director doesn't give you the entire goddamn plot in the yep. in the trailer. Like let let me kind of walk into it. Let me just see what it's about. Like why why do why do I need every fucking piece of information in the trailer? Just give me something cool I can watch, get hyped for, and then I'll. Be a reason I'll to watch it. it, right? Too many of no. these movies. Like I can I can I basically know the entire fucking movie before I even walk in. Like there's no mystery at all. Yeah, agreed. Cool. My pick of the week is going to be a video game called City Skylines Two. It is awesome. It's a game where you're able to. You're able to build a city. It's like SimCity, but it's just a updated version of it. The, the the gaming company, the developers, Paradox, they come out with some awesome games like Crusader Kings, Stellaris, this, and a few other ones. These games are incredibly deep and time-consuming. Um, I was playing it last night, and I thought it was like 25 minutes, and it ended up being like two and a half hours. It was These games are fun as shit. City Skylines 2, it's on Xbox Game Pass. If you have it, you can also get it on Steam. Um, we have a um, we have a pick of the week from Nasty Nate, who also chimed in too. There's a website called Humble Bundle, where if you're looking to build a gaming-like library, but you don't want to spend a ton of money on it, they have like these weekly packages that they will send out. And you can buy for like 15 bucks where it's like seven or eight different games and you can choose which ones you want. They hmm. do it for software. They do it for books. It's really, really cool. They have a bunch of like sim strategy games on there right now where you have like an, like seven or eight games to choose from. And again, you only pay what you can afford. So I think the, the minimum is like you can pay 10 bucks for this and you'll get everything. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So thank you, Nasty Nate, for that recommendation. I'm definitely going to try it out. And yeah, I'm going I'm to take a look at that too. Yeah, keep an eye on some games there. But we are all done here, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we will see you next week. Do us a favor. Like and subscribe on your favorite streaming platform. Share it with your loser friends. And again, like if there is a topic that you want us to cover, we're happy to do it. But just let us know and you can direct message us through any of those. If not, We'll see you. See you around. Bye. Okay, let's give me a rhythm. Follow me. We are, we are Walmart. And then he says, and I'm not kidding, he goes, now clap. Please clap. Just clap for that, you stupid bastard. I need applause to live. Jokes, Mr. Jokey. Joke maker. Ha! Suck it, Jack Sparrow. <laughs>